Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Tom Guinan, and I'd like to welcome you to the June 26th episode of the Bull Bear Banter. Cheyenne Dunham is joining me and will now recap the corn and soybean markets for the week. Cheyenne? Sure thing, Tom. So for our market update for the week, September corn futures slipped a penny and a quarter on Friday, finishing at 319 and a quarter, which was down 18 cents for the week. December corn closed down two and three quarters at 325 and a quarter, and that was down 20 cents from last Friday's close. Switching over to soybeans, August beans were 6.5 cents lower on Friday at 8.60, which was 16 cents lower for our week-on-week prices. And finally, November beans closed down 7 cents at 8.61 and a quarter, which were down 14 cents from last Friday's close. Well, Cheyenne, I think the big story this week is the meltdown in the corn market on Thursday and the follow-through here on Friday, especially for December futures. Rather than being attributed to any single issue, it seemed more like a culmination of a lot of negative items coming together on the same day. It feels like the stocks and acreage reports due next Tuesday were part of the concern, as many are expecting bearish numbers. Combine that with decent weather recently and forecasts for more as we head into July, and we were set up for a downturn. Some analysts have said that as many as 25,000 contracts were sold by the managed money funds on Thursday. If so, that would put them at or near an all-time short in corn. In just two days, December corn lost 10 cents, and as Cheyenne just said, almost 20 for the week, closing lower every single day this week. Since the beginning of the year, with all of the downward movement we've seen, we've never seen five consecutive days of lower closes for the December contract. Perhaps the traders are starting to focus a little more on that large ending stocks number for the upcoming year. For comparison, old crop futures are a little different story, as we've seen a couple of times that the July contract had at least five consecutive lower closes. Both occurred in March, or as March turned into April, before this week's five in a row. Please note that this week we did switch and are now following September futures for our cash bids, but since that futures month is somewhat of a new crop, somewhat of an old crop contract, I look back at the July contract to see what an old crop month has done since January 1st. With that, let's move on to the bull bear factors. For our bull factors on corn, export inspections rebounded last week to 51 million bushels, which was up from the previous week of 35.8 million. This was also just above the range of expectations, and just as important, it's well above the 40 million per week pace we need to hit the USDA projections for the year. Over the last eight weeks, we've averaged close to 47 million per week versus 33.6 million last year. Ethanol production increased last week, up 16 million gallons to 263 million. Ethanol inventories also declined 13 million, down to 883 million gallons. This is the lowest level for this time of year in the past five years. Gasoline demand continues to increase with 8.6 million barrels per day used last week. This is the highest weekly demand since the week of March 20th. The previous week was 7.87 million barrels per day and demand is about 9% less than the same time last year, versus around 20% less in previous weeks. And finally, export sales totaled 18.2 million bushels last week, which was up from the previous week at 14.1 million, and the same week last year being at 11.6 million. 
It also easily outpaced the 7.2 million we need to see every week until the end of August to hit the USDA projections. We've also heard of at least one sale to China this week. As far as the bear factors for corn, crop ratings improved slightly overall with the national number up a point to 72% for the good to excellent categories. Iowa was seen at 85%, which is up two points. And with the fairly widespread rains across the state this week and a forecast calling for more in the next few days, it sure feels like we are going to have a very, very good corn crop, especially in Iowa. Minnesota is also at 85%. That's up one this week. Nebraska rebounded to 74%, gaining back three points. Illinois and Indiana both dropped into the upper 50s. Illinois was at 59%, which is down from 63 and Indiana is at 58%, down from 66%. Even though ethanol production has been increasing and stocks have been decreasing lately, we're still running behind the pace needed to hit the USDA's latest projection. Some analysts are expecting a further reduction in the USDA's estimates of somewhere between 50 to 100 million bushels this year. As mentioned earlier, the funds have been adding to their short position. At some point, they will need to offset those sales, but for now, they are adding a lot of pressure to the market. Pretty light on our soybean bull factors again. Export sales last week totaled 22 million bushels, which were right in the middle of expectations and just above the previous week's 19.8. This continues to put us right on pace with USDA's projections for the year. There was also another 20 million sold for new crop shipment. And finally, expectations for next week's quarterly stocks report puts the average estimate just under 1.4 billion. Last year, that number was 1.78 billion. Well, for bear factors on beans, even though the crop rating slipped a little this week with the national number down two points to 70%, I'm going to put this in with the bear factors, simply because that is still better than this time last year when it was 54%. Iowa is now estimated at 84%, which is up two points, while Illinois, Indiana, and Minnesota all lost ground last week. We'll see what the next few weeks bring, but we all know it's August that really matters. Nationally, we're 89% emerged versus 66% last year and 85% on average. Iowa is 96% emerged, Minnesota is 99%, Illinois is 96%, and Indiana is 92%. Export shipments dropped again to 9.4 million bushels. Comparing that to a year ago, the number for the same week was almost 27 million bushels. Keep in mind we need to see weekly shipments of around 22 million, but the last eight weeks have averaged less than 14 million. On our What to Watch for in upcoming events, next Tuesday, June 30th, we'll bring a couple of important USDA reports. We'll see an update on acreage numbers as well as the quarterly stocks report. Also on Tuesday, all of our former West Central locations will not be receiving grain so that we can move to a different accounting system. Our next major holiday, July 4th, is only one week away. And finally, the following week, July 10th, is the next WASDE report from the USDA. And now for Tom's take. Well, folks, here we are, almost at the end of June, and not a whole lot looks better than it did at the end of May, or April, or March, for that matter. Coronavirus continues to impact every aspect of society, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Some parts of the country are getting better, while a lot of the country gets progressively worse. Corn prices continue their long, steady, slow grind lower. Soybean prices have gotten a little better since March, but we just finished a week with lower closes every day. Crude oil has rebounded nicely from the April lows, gaining $15 to $20 per barrel, but it still hasn't closed that gap that was left on the charts in early March. Wheat is trading new contract lows for both hard red and spring wheat. 
All in all, there's really not much to be overly optimistic about, other than the prospects for a large corn crop in much of the U.S. It's usually times like this that I have to think back to a person I used to work with. He liked to say that it's never as bad as it seems. I hope he's right. I have to believe he is. The sun will come up tomorrow. Things will eventually get better at some point. So try to stay as positive as you can and weather this storm. I've been encouraging people to at least consider locking in some corn against the December of 2021 futures. At the end of the day, Friday, it was trading almost 35 cents better than this December's futures. It may not sound like a great price, but if you could lock in some futures around 360 for that time frame, it might be about the best you'll see for the next 12 to 15 months. I'm not advocating that for soybeans simply because there is no carry from this year to next. Give it a look. Let us know if you'd like to get any offers placed, especially before Tuesday's reports. Thanks for listening. In conclusion, we appreciate you joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. If you'd like to contact us, you can send a tweet to at Landis Co-op or drop an email to podcast at LandisCooperative.com. Our tagline is bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. Thanks for listening, and we'll both be back with you next week. We'll just be a day earlier. 